Well, with the first teams of the Rugby World Cup being named, you know it's nearly go time. And while France uh, All Blacks is undoubtedly the main event of the earliest round for us, there is no shortage of intriguing matchups. One team we've spoken a lot about here and have been thoroughly impressed by is Scotland, a genuine threat to any international side on the day. The Scots have managed to find a squad and enough belief to make Pool B even though it's very tough, a curious proposition. Their match is uh, first up against South Africa. It is, is an absolute doozy. Uh, South Africa have named a strong side, similar to the one that rolled the All Blacks at Twickenham only days ago. Well, Rory Lawson is a former Scottish international, winning 31 caps for his uh, country at uh, Scrum Half, representing Scotland at the 2007 Rugby World Cup. Still heavily involved in the game at all levels, and we're lucky to have him uh, on our show for us this morning and uh, it's uh, good evening to Rory uh, over there on the other side of the world and thanks so much for your time Rory Yeah Smithy thanks so much for having me it's uh, it's great to be to be joining you on air just you know hours now out from uh, from the big dance kickoff and and what what an incredible tournament we've got to look forward to We have Rory and and I think a lot of people back here regarding it as perhaps one of the most wide open tournaments in world cup history yeah, without a doubt. I think the way, the, well, particularly, I think the, there's real competition at the at the top end of the rankings, and you know, throw it throw into the mix the way that this this draw's been made. What three years out from the Rugby World Cup, and there are so many intriguing battles in the in the pool stages. Certainly, in, in our half of the draw, that I think I think there's there are so many question marks as to who might beat who, where where the left field upset might come from. Uh, but I think I think you're absolutely right. If you, if you look at you know our our side of the pool with Scotland, South Africa, and Ireland, you know you'd expect two of those three to go through New Zealand and France to to go through and 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 realistically to to meet in that crossover in the in the quarterfinals. And while all that's going on, you've got you know the Pumas, England, Wales, Australia, Fiji, possibly on the other side of the draw who who seemingly only need to win kind of one one decent sized game and they're in a semi-final. So yeah, it's uh, it's massively intriguing. I think we, we, we feel we feel a little bit robbed that we're up we have uh, the world's number one team and number two team in our in our pool as a, the number five seed in the world. Uh, but you know, hey ho, they're they're there to be knocked over. Well it is what it is, as you say, Rory, but uh, it would be I think quite prudent, wouldn't it, for uh, World Rugby to look at the timing of the announcement of pools going forward because Clearly, uh, the polls that they've shaped up, and yours in particular, doesn't reflect uh, the results in the form of sides. No, exactly that. So then I think when, when, you, when you look at it in particular, when you look at Wales, Australia, Georgia and Fiji, I think, I think the top seed in that pool is eighth in the world. And, you know, that, that does make a little bit of a mockery of, of the scenario. I, I'm not sure what the, the reasons are behind making the draw, you know, three the bones are three years out from the actual tournament. But, you know, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there are people in, in uh, more influential positions than I am to be able to make those changes and ensure that, this kind of thing doesn't happen rolling into to Australia in, in, in four years' time and then beyond. I think I think the Football World Cup do only you know, four to six months out from the, the tournament. So there must be there must be the ability to do it. But look, I think is if, if we focus too much on that, we'd be taking taking our eye mm. off what is counting down to be a really, really special rugby world cup and one whereby you're gonna have to be incredibly good to be able to come away with the William Webb Ellis Trophy. 
Well, I was watching a, a little clip earlier this morning where uh, you said uh, and you felt that perhaps the All Blacks hadn't played all their cards yet. In fact, they were all, all holding things back, although we on this side of the world didn't think so against the Springboks at Twickenham the other day. Uh, that's your first up opponent, South Africa. They look formidable. Oh, they certainly do. It's. I always find it incredibly difficult to, to gauge where either side is when you end up with a you know a first half red card and i think that's where new zealand were were under massive pressure at twickenham against south africa prior to the prior to the red but obviously they had they had a, a yellow or two before that so look i think i think there's no doubt at all uh, south africa are coming into this tournament as one of the strong favorites and and with a massive opportunity to to defend the the title but you know, I, I, and and equally, I, I don't think they would be underestimating Scotland. So I expect you see you see the South Africa side; they are they are fully loaded. They've you know they've only gone the six-two split on this occasion rather than seven-one, uh, showing showing a little bit of a a little bit of credibility and respect to, towards Scotland. But I think at the same time, Scotland are going to have to have a one of their best days and hope that South Africa have a seven out of ten performance to really really push the defending champions. I think they they are that good. They're they're a massive powerhouse. But Scotland will certainly believe that if they turn up with their best game they'll they'll stretch and stress the box. That's an interesting point you make and, and an interesting word you, you use there is belief because uh, quite for a long time it's we've known that the Scots have had the talent but it's the belief, it's the confidence that can, can go out. Do you think that with the current results and the way Gregor Townsend has them playing at the moment, that belief is there this time round? Yes, yeah, something really interesting. I, I was at an event last week and asked, you know, how does Scotland generate belief? And actually, they've, they've done an awful lot to generate belief in over the past 18 or so months. You know, they've gone to, they've gone to Twickenham, Cardiff, Paris and and one away from home. They've they've knocked over some some big sides at, at at Murrayfield, and I think with that they've they've built a lot of confidence. They've got a core of the side who who toured a couple of years ago with the Brit- British and Irish Lions, and I think it's those experiences, the the knowledge, the nous that comes with it that that puts you in a position to to win test matches and know what it takes to win test matches. Um, I was, I was lucky enough to captain Scotland uh, against, against the box when, when we managed to sneak by them, you know, but that was 13 years ago now. And uh, you've got it. You've got to be, you've got to win every little mini battle that there is out there. And, and I think that's, that's the, the, it's the war of the inches, not to, not to steal, steal uh, Al Pacino's line, but, it really is when against them you need to you need to front up a set piece you need defensively to make your tackles and you actually need to have the confidence and belief to be able to take on their blitz defense knowing that if you can pierce a, a corner of their blitz defense or get round them then they're going to struggle because with line speed comes momentum in one direction and for big men like that if you manage to find an edge or an arm, an arm tackle, and get five or six yards beyond the gain line. They've got to go all the way back and round the corner, and that's when you can get them properly struggling. So Scotland will have to be excellent in their their first couple of phases to be able to create those opportunities. Um, and they've got they've got the talent and they've got the pull to 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 challenge the box. They've just got to do it on the biggest of stages on a on a big big night on Sunday.
So, Rory, in, in terms of, of that, if they get parity, if they can get um, some front football, who are your key playmakers? Who are the ones that are going to win you games at this World Cup? Yes, it's not really, I think for me, the, you, you've, we've, got, we've got game breakers behind the scrum. There's no doubt about that. You know, I'm, Finn Russell is, I, I, on his day, he is the best distributor in, in the number 10 jersey anywhere in the world. He's got, he's got a kicking game that really stresses defensive teams. You know, his ability to find space with kick passes and, and little uh, dinks in behind is, is almost second to none. And he he's got to have a he's got to have a great day. He's going to have to wear a couple of late tackles. He's gonna he's gonna get a bit of a dusting when when the box get get their hands on him. But he, he'll be up for that battle. And then you know you've got you've got guys like Hugh Jones, Darcy Graham, Duan Van der Merwe, and and I think Blair Kinghorn. If if he is he really needs to have a big game to to put Scotland in a position to challenge this mighty box side because we know with them. If you're ill-disciplined against them, if if they get a bit of momentum, they can easily turn it into 7, 14, 19 points with, with a blink, in a blink of an eye. So Scotland, you know, there's no bones about it that Scotland will have to be really, really close to their best individually and collectively to, to, to stress this side. There's a massive game for uh, Scotland, and that is against Ireland, of course. It's uh, on it's Stade de France on uh, 8th of October, so... Against Ireland on a neutral ground, Rory. What difference does that make? What what advantage or disadvantage does that present? Smithy, you're asking a guy that was in Yokohama four years ago in the opening game of the Rugby <laughs> World Cup, having gone in talking about you know how much Scotland were going to stress Ireland, and then 20 minutes in, we were nine, three tries down and staring down the barrel of a, of an absolute hiding and a, and a bit of an embarrassment. So. All, all I'm going to say is I hope that I hope we don't see anything like that again. And when when you look at it, it's that that game's a long way away. An awful lot can happen in this pool. You know, whether whether results, energy use, emotional energy, um, and dare I say it, injuries, there's an awful lot that can happen in the in the opening three or four weeks of the the tournament before we get to that stage. Um, and I think we've, we've got to be able to assess uh, if Scotland have big injuries to key men, we don't necessarily have the, the same depth that the top sides in the world do. But equally, you know, we, we've already, we've seen historically that some teams get affected by injuries and some teams get affected by the emotional roller coaster that a Rugby World Cup is. It's, I think it's a week longer, this this uh, tournament, to allow, you know, the, the longer turnaround for some of the, uh, supposed tier two nations to really, really level the playing field on that front. So that does make a a big difference. But you know, I I think I think Scotland, you know, hopefully they put in a good performance against South Africa. Even if they don't win, mm. if they pick up those two middle wins, then they know that they're going to be playing Ireland six or seven days after they sp- they face the box in Paris. And you just never know what sort of physical and mental state they'll be in around that. And it will be another opportunity for Scotland. But as Gregor Townsend rightly says, your focus just has to be on the first whistle of the first game. And you can, because mm-hmm. as soon as you get ahead of yourself, you can get yourself in a bit of bother. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, very, very true, because you mentioned the physicality side of it. It would, it would be remiss of us not to even put Tonga in that mix, wouldn't it? Because you know that will be bruising. 
Oh, without doubt. And Ireland, Ireland start with Romania. So realistically, they go, they go Romania, and then a, then a week later they go Tonga, and then they go back to back knockout knockout rugby matches. Really, and you just never know with with the South Sea Island sides. We've seen it before. We saw Fiji, you know, come up to Twickenham and knock England over in the in the World Cup warm-ups. We saw Samoa run Ireland close out in Bayonne last weekend. So you know, I I, I think that the the World Cup cycles and the World Cup pre-seasons are put the South Sea Island size in a totally different space. They get to spend a couple of months together rather than a couple of days together to prepare for a test match. They get that brotherhood back. They re-engage with their local communities. They they engage with, with their people and the, the pride builds, the belief builds. And without question, there is going to be something that crops up within this within this Rugby World Cup from, you know, Tonga, Fiji, Samoa and England and Argentina's group. And I, uh, I, I can't wait to see it, but I certainly hope it's not Scotland that's on the end of it. Uh, Rory, France, let's uh, look at the host, shall we? Uh, obviously, people believing that this is their greatest ever opportunity to be the world champion, but they have suffered some, in, uh, some injury setbacks, uh, notably Cyril Bai, of course, um, and also uh, Intermac. And the combination with Dupont won't be there this time around. Are they capable of replacing that combination? What do you feel about France and the pressure on on France? I think I think they've been asked these questions all day. Actually, today, as as I understand it, Dupont and Galtier were were facing the media today, and you know, su- certainly suggesting that they're reveling in it. There's no doubt, though, that Ro- France are a different side without Roman Antimac. Roman Antimac for them is he just greases the wheels. He is he is so smooth. He's got pace. He reads the game well. He is the he is the the conductor outside um the the outside Antoine Dupont. And he'll be a massive miss, albeit Jalabert is a is a really talented player. My my concerns for France are just that they've lost Antimac. Jonathan Dante is out for the opening game, and whilst you know France could come out on the wrong end of a of the result in the opener and still you know go through to a, a quarter final against you know one of the three teams in in Scotland's pool, uh, you know Dante is a is a massive player for them. Willems has gone from the tournament as well, so you've got you've got a couple of injuries to some key guys. Now, if there's a if there's a side in in world rugby who is on paper, capable of dealing with a, a few injuries with some high-quality replacements, then France will be right up there. So I certainly believe there. I, I believe France and South Africa, whoever whoever emerges, from, if they can avoid each other from the in the in the quarter-final crossover, I think they might end up meeting in the final. It could be one of those two teams. Um, but who knows? There's there are so many ifs, buts, and maybes with injuries and form and. And, and shock results. So it's uh, it's going to be one one for hopefully the some new viewers to come to rugby and watch it and, and mm. watch this whole tournament light up. I think you're right. I think it's a perfect opportunity now uh, for the game to grow, uh, grow back, actually. So, hey, Rory, it's been fascinating talking to you. Uh, absolutely respect uh, what you've done in rugby, um, your dad as well, and, of course, your, your granddad, Bill McLaren. Your, your legacy in rugby is very, very proud going back, isn't it? Oh, Smithy, it's you know, it's I, I'm incredibly proud about it. I was actually at 
Finn Russell's old grassroots rugby club today, and I did a I did a piece with a with a journalist who, who took me back and took me back down me- memory lane to you know going down to Hoyk in the Scottish Borders to visit my nana and papa. So Papa Bill McLaren, going going down to see him and him just taking me down to the the hut that he had the keys to as a former PE teacher, and you know just going down there and chucking a ball about, throwing javelins, tossing discus. You know, hitting tackle shields, rocking bags in the works, um, and obviously what he did, what he did in the game is, as 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 a non-player for the vast vast majority of it was really special. And then, you know, obviously to to follow in dad's footsteps, albeit I I think to an, an inferior level to what he achieved, um, it was hugely proud. And you know, just to just to line things up, World Cups are really special as a player. You know, I, I I made a one quarter final with Scotland. Uh, I, I had some really sad losses and moments within those tournaments. But my God, when it comes to it, the the memories that you create, the bond that you create <clears throat> with your playing group, with your coaches, and dare I say it, with the fans that that travel to to support you is is unbelievable. So I'm I'm massively excited to get over to Marseille this weekend as a as a fan. And engage with this this squad and what is going to be a momentous weekend. It surely is. Uh, I'm jealous because we'll be watching it from afar. Uh, but I can tell you, um, back here, uh, we've had some legendary rugby commentators. Of course, you'll be well aware of the fact of that. But uh, your your grandfather, Bill McLaren, is still ranked as perhaps the best of all time. So, and that's coming from a very strong rugby nation. Thank you very much for your time, uh, Rory. Uh, enjoy enjoy this World Cup. Uh, it sounds like you're going to have a ball and. May Scotland go well for you. No, thank, thanks, Millie. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll say I, I really hope that the ABs go well as well and hopefully avoid Scotland in the quarterfinal. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice for both of us, actually. <laughs> hey, Rory, uh, terrific. Uh, uh, enjoy. Uh, and thanks for your time again. Thanks again. Cheers, Millie.